0: How many tackles can one man break? You're saying that humans need fantasy to make life bearable? Humans need fantasy to be human. Ooh. My goodness, that was good. You guys are pros. The bats. Relentless refusing to give up. All right, hit that horn, babe. Let's dance.
1: Hello and welcome to the Fantasy Flex podcast. I am your host Samantha Perviti, and I am joined as always by the one and only Mike Triplett, longtime Saints beat reporter who you can find on the Twitter machine at Mike Triplett. Mike, how is your week off?
2: I know I've had a couple. I had Monday night football and then I had a bye week. I'm really getting to see what all these uh, successful teams in the NFL are doing like your Panthers.
1: Yes, like my Panthers that have five wins. I just need a <laughs> few more to get this over uh, six and a half wins that I talked about on convinced me at the beginning of the year. So I, I need to look good, right? For, uh, you know, going up against the Titans, like Simon Hunter and and Chris Raybon and Sean Kerner. So hoping that that one pays off. for. We might sure. have to do a
2: live show from Saints at uh, Panthers at Saints week 18 in New Orleans. We'll see if we can arrange that.
1: Well, we were talking definitely- about feel
2: like a bowl game that's played on December twenty eighth or something.
1: <laughs> <laughs> the bowl game that no one wants to watch. I mean, uh, I, look, I, I we were talking about this before the show. You were asking me like, well, do I actually want them to succeed? I don't know. I mean, I, we've already lost our chance at a really good draft pick at this point with five wins, so um, I I don't really know where we stand, who is even going to be the number one quarterback at this point, things have definitely gotten shaken up for sure. So um, hopefully we get a good chance at, at one of them out there. It's, it seems to be a, a decent class, at least better than last year's class. So um, hopefully there will be some 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 people to choose from. I mean, Sam Donald's not looking that bad, but I don't think he's the solution to anyone's problems. But speaking of quarterback drama in the <laughs> NFL, I mean, obviously Baker Mayfield, we talked about him being released from the Carolina Panthers. And then the Rams uh, are able to salvage Carolina's sloppy seconds and uh, ek out a win in a crazy sort of game. Baker completed 22 of 35 for 230 yards, one touchdown, zero interceptions, uh, rushed for 10 yards. The remaining schedule is not too, too bad. I mean, he's got Denver in two weeks, but otherwise it's it's a pretty decent schedule. Any takeaways from the Rams game, the very exciting Rams Raiders game on Thursday night?
2: I mean, I don't actually believe it, but then again, like stranger things have happened and we need to replace Lamar Jackson and Jimmy Garoppolo and, you know, like uh, quarterbacks are are getting injured left and right. I mean, we are going to be deciding, is it Brock Purdy? Is it, uh, well, Russell Wilson might miss a game and not yep. that he was on anyone's list, but <laughs> Brett Ripien all of a sudden, you know, it's like, is Baker the most attractive <laughs> pick of it? You know, it's a two quarterback league discussion probably, but uh but I don't know maybe it's maybe you know can you imagine being in a uh, in a fantasy league where where Baker Mayfield on the Rams ends up like leading you to a fantasy playoff title
1: I know right and it's it's just it's one of those things I can't tell if it was just one of those like because they're playing the Raiders who ranked 32nd in past DVOA or because it's uh just the element of surprise because I don't think a lot of us thought that Baker Mayfield was going to start or play that much football so I I don't know I'm not trying to make too too much of it at this time but um in terms of other quarterbacks Deshaun Watson I mean it's even of the available quarterbacks a lot of guys are are looking pretty pretty sketchy so I mean Watson was rusty slightly better but I mean it was a tougher matchup against the Bengals who have only allowed uh, multiple touchdowns in one game this year multiple passing touchdowns that is Um, so he passed for 276 yards one touchdown. One interception, rushed six times for 33 yards. They do have a nice-ish schedule down the stretch, but do you have any faith in Deshaun Watson going forward for fantasy managers?
2: Well, my biggest advice on him last week was maybe you know it it, it should lower your expectations for for the pass catchers. Um, but then they both had really good weeks. Donovan Peoples Jones, who we're going to talk about later, and and uh, David and Joku, who uh, um, you know is a startable tight end. So I, I hope he's at least good enough to make those guys relevant. I, I don't know if he has anything to do with the fact that Nick Chubb is, Nick Chubb is drop, dropping off the table all of a sudden. Um, but uh, um, you know, I hope that's not the case because I know I have Nick Chubb on an important team and I'm sure a lot of people made the playoffs because of Nick Chubb. So I hope he finds his game again, but yeah, you know, look, I, I think, I think Deshaun Watson, I don't think is going to be a season winner, but I also think there was a lot of rust to shake off and that offense can at least be competitive again. Now that we saw some signs of life.
1: Sure. I mean, couldn't have happened to a nicer guy, but in terms of some more quarterback shakeups in the league, I just saw breaking news uh, this past hour that Marcus Mariota seems like he is going to be headed to injured reserve, which means it is Desmond Ritter season. Do you think that that has a positive impact on guys like Drake London or, or even some of the, some of the running backs?
2: Uh, it's hard to think so, but I mean, obviously what Mariota was doing in the offense they were running with, with him being run heavy and the whole team being run heavy was limiting the production of, of both um, Drake London and Kyle Pitts before he got injured. So I don't think it can hurt. And, and, and I think Drake London has been coming along and becoming somewhat fantasy relevant, um, I guess Mariota won't steal some of the carries away from the running backs there, but I, you know, I don't think this would change what I'm doing with Drake London if if, if he was sneaking into my starting lineup I'd keep him there until we at least see what it looks like.
1: Fair enough yeah I'm, I'm kind of in the same boat that I don't think it can get much worse for the Falcons offense. Uh, In terms of other things, uh, like the running back situations across the league, I mean, we saw Cam Akers, who is kind of being pushed out there. I don't know if it's just maybe that they're trying to showcase him for some offseason trade stuff later on but um in terms of the Ravens uh JK Dobbins was a surprise active on Saturday uh they, they activated him off injured reserve and I just said stay away from this whole situation because I didn't know what to expect from him then they had they had been getting Kenyon Drake incorporated and everything and then Dobbins actually ended up stealing the show 15 carries for 120 yeah. yards and a touchdown currently the Rb8 and half PPR. He edged out Edwards in uh, snaps by 26 to 21. So I guess we expect Dobbins is going to lead this backfield, assuming he's healthy. And I think Edwards will continue to play a role because, you know, Lamar Jackson's hurt. Tyler Huntley is banged up, has a concussion and who knows who's going to be starting this week. So um, they may have no choice but to lean on this run game because their path game is so anemic. Any takeaways from the Ravens backfield right
2: well, now? Yeah. The, the, the real interesting thing, I mean, we can now stop messing around with uh, Kenyon Drake and Gus Edwards becomes a, a real tough decision, but the interesting thing with the Ravens MO that we're learning is they're so cautious with these guys with both Dobbins mm-hmm. and Edwards and it, has taken weeks longer for them to get back on the field in some situations than we expected. But when they play, they play like, it's like cleared greens means go for these Ravens running backs. There's no like uh, easing them back into action. Um, so, I mean, it makes me feel like if I um, am a manager as JK Dobbins and he's active, I, I feel really good putting him in my starting lineup.
1: Yeah, well, kudos to the 70% of managers who hung on to J.K. Dobbins through all of this because they may have a lottery ticket for the fantasy playoffs, but onto a weak sort of list of injuries. it's I don't know if it's just because we're getting towards the end of the season and guys' bodies are just kind of you know, getting just run down, but we saw a number of injuries. Some of these were just, uh, there were a lot of concussions starting with Tyler Hundley. We mentioned him uh, that you've replaced by undrafted free agent, Anthony Brown. Uh, T Higgins. Oh my goodness. I needed like two points from oh, T. Higgins no. in one league and he's active plays one snap against the Browns. Obviously no catches due to this hamstring injury. So I'm going to have serious trust issues with him going forward. And then Tyler Boyd actually Actually ended up getting uh, banged up in that game as well, dislocated finger. You mentioned Russ in the concussion protocol and was quickly rolled out to return. Damian Pierce uh, suffered suffered an ankle injury against the Cowboys, did not return to that game either. And their backfield was pretty lean after Pierce. Uh, Jeff Wilson Jr. had a hip injury against the Chargers, did not return Mike White played through a rib injury against the Bills that sent him to the hospital afterwards, but the early reports are positive. So that's pretty good considering that he had another pretty good game, um, yeah. all things considered, against a very tough Bills defense. Um, Corey Davis, uh, head injury ruled out. Again, a uh, lot of guys with with head injuries. Kenny Pickett, add him to the list, and oh, my God. what second this year, right? Right, and watching Mitch Trubisky, it's it's actually like actively painful to watch that guy kind of play football. So every time I looked over, I was like, oh, interception, interception. <laughs> and uh and then on the for the San Francisco 49ers, we've got Brock Purdy had the oblique injury. Sounds like he should be okay, but obviously he's been stepping in for Jimmy G, who broke his foot in the week prior. And then Debo Samuel suffered a high ankle injury, will likely miss the remainder of the fantasy season. So wow. <laughs> yeah. It, it,
2: it's it's um, really tough out there. Well, first of all, we should probably just list for people, the quarterbacks who are still usable. There's probably only like four of them. Yeah. Uh, and one of them is Justin Herbert uh, <laughs> who we saw last night. Uh, but man, yeah. Slim pickings at the, at the bottom edges of the quarterback list. You know, obviously when it comes to injuries, we want to know what's, what's actionable. Uh, Damian Pierce reminds me exactly of the discussion we were having uh, in Seattle last week, where it's like, all right, three, three guys might replace Damian Pierce and they're, <laughs> Eno Benjamin, uh, Dari uh, Agubuwalé, and uh, and Rex Burkhead. So good luck picking up any one of those three guys. Um, obviously, if Jeff Wilson Jr. is hurt, or if he's not, that feels like the Raheem Mostert show. So if you're in a real thin league, or if he's been on your bench, I, I feel like you can really trust him. Corey Davis open the door for Elijah Moore Elijah to catch Moore six passes. That, that feels like a season high. If it wasn't a season high, it was one of one of his top games. So there's a little hope there. And my favorite one is actually, uh, with Debo Samuel being hurt, uh, in addition to the quarterback injuries they've had, uh, yet again, uh, Jordan Mason had another, um, double digit carries for over 50 rushing yards and, uh, they're about to face the Seahawks defense. So I think there's an opportunity for him to become relevant, but, uh, um, no, no obvious, you know, this opens the door for like somebody that you've got to go out and, and rush to the waiver wire waterfall.
1: Yeah, it was just unfortunate because it was number, like there were a number of guys on this list that you were like starting only because you probably had another injury in another situation. And then they weren't able to finish the game, which is just brutal, obviously, because week 14 is so crucial for a lot of fan- fantasy managers, including myself. So, uh, hopefully you are at least, uh, on your way to the playoffs at this point, let us move right into our waiver wire section. Uh, so we've got six teams returning from bye. As you mentioned, they were six less fantasy relevant teams um, <laughs> you know, overall. But you know, we've got the Falcons, Bears, Packers, Colts, Saints, and Commanders returning from bye. And now we are officially done with bye weeks. Hallelujah. So um, let's kick it off with quarterbacks. I'm going to say that Mike White continues to be my favorite ad. I mean, like I said I was surprised about how well he did against the Bills defense. Um they rank number 7 in pass DVOA. He was banged up in the game of course and still managed to do okay, 268 yards, no touchdowns, but I mean I think that that's pretty much to be expected and they have an absolutely amazing schedule down the stretch. They've got the Lions, Jags, Seahawks, and Dolphins. Like it doesn't get that much better in terms of passing defenses to face. Uh the Lions are allowing the most fantasy points to quarterbacks this year. Um in terms of the other guys, I mean we saw Brock Purdy in his first NFL start and he he looked pretty, pretty good oh, out there. Um I know we mentioned that he 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 was banged up in the game, but uh he's got the Seahawks and commanders and Raiders and Cardinals to finish out the year. So that is another very, very enviable schedule there um Taylor Heineke, someone else to just throw back on the radar because uh yeah. Because, you know, he had a decent game in week 13, uh, 275 yards, two touchdowns, finished as the QB 11, and he gets to face the Giants once again. So hopefully uh, that should bode well if you need a one-week type start. And then Ryan Tannehill is facing the Chargers, and he did pretty well against the Jaguars, even though they lost the game. Any of these guys stand out to you? And do you want to tell us if Andy Dalton is worth picking up?
2: Andy Dalton just got named the starter again for this week um so it's going to be Andy Dalton at home against the Falcons and Desmond Ritter (laughs) a game that'll have such fantasy yeah although I'll tell you what uh, this is a complete aside though I I I think the Saints are going to make a very strong effort to whatever they salvage this season I think they're going to try to have Alvin Kamara lead the way, uh, and his matchups do get better. Um, I don't know if the matchups are good enough for Andy Dalton to be uh fantasy relevant. Um, I, Ryan Tannehill is so boring, but no, nobody seems to be picking him up. And and you know, he he's he's perfectly fine compared to a lot of these lists that are a little bit more gambles. Um, I'd probably lean toward Tannehill over a Mike White to Brock Purdy, uh, just because you kind of know what you going to get from Tannehill. And I do like Tyler, Taylor Heineke a little bit. Um, I like that. We just saw him play pretty well against the Giants. He's playing against the Giants again. If you're the type of person who likes to watch your fantasy players uh, with the matchup on the line, he's got Sunday night football this week uh, in a game that'll probably determine which two of those teams makes the playoff. But, uh, you know, I really do think with with Jahan Dodson, who we're going to mention, you can mention the two of them together. They've been coming along together, uh, and and obviously uh, Terry McLaurin there. Uh, he's got people to throw to, so uh, I, I like Taylor Heineke more than almost anyone on this list.
1: Fair enough. And any thoughts on picking up Baker Mayfield? I know we kind of talked about that. Before.
2: Yeah, no. I mean, if if you're down to Mayfield versus uh, <laughs> versus. Um, uh, who would I say, Brett Rippon or, mm-hmm. or uh, Desmond Ritter, then yeah, maybe you ride the, the Mayfield train because it's fun to watch. Maybe you're down to Baker Mayfield versus Sam Darnold. I, that's, I'll throw God. the question back to you. <laughs> Sam Darnold or Baker Mayfield, the, the question that drove Carolina all offseason. <laughs> I
1: would probably take Sam Darnold at this point, but, you know, that's, that's from being burned watching Baker Mayfield all season, yeah. so maybe a little bias there. Uh, In terms of the running back position, it's actually probably one of the worst uh, weeks for running back. I think I've seen it in a while. Last week, I feel like we had some good guys. We had James Cook and, and Rashad White, like, like, that type of guy that's, you know, he's not going to win you a league, but he's at least startable as maybe like an RB2 type guy. Um, Zonovan Knight stands out to me. So we did relax the threshold this week because things were just so lean. So normally <laughs> we use a 50% threshold. We used 60% of this week. Zonovan Knight is out there at about 45% of leagues right now and performed well in spite of a pretty difficult matchup against the bills, 17 attempts for 71 yards and a touchdown also caught two passes for six yards. Currently the RB 11 and half PPR with one game left to play. We mentioned that, uh, schedule, which is just super, super exciting with the lions, Jags, Seahawks and dolphins to finish out the year. So he would probably be my number one claim, uh, Chuba Hubbard, Coming off of his best fantasy game of the season in the upset win over the Seahawks, 14 rushes for 74 yards in a touchdown, and caught all three of his targets for 25 yards. He was more effective than Dante Foreman, uh, who outsnapped Hubbard by a count of 34 to 23. Um, Hubbard is the RB9 heading into Monday night. And I like his usage in the passing game. That, that's really important for a team that happens to be behind a lot so I I, he has a decent schedule down the stretch Steelers Lions and then Bucks and Saints but at least the Lions will be an interesting sort of uh, matchup there why don't you talk to us about uh, Jordan Mason who's someone you have been sort of pumping up for a while
2: yeah, well, I just, look, the uh, everybody sees Christian McCaffrey and assumes that his his quote-unquote backup isn't going to get any touches, and that's just not the case with how San Francisco has operated since they've gotten Christian McCaffrey. Elijah Mitchell was getting a lot of work uh, while McCaffrey was there, and, and then when Elijah Mitchell went down for the season, it's been uh, more than 50 rushing yards, and I think it was eight carries for 51 and then 11 for 56, if those are the right numbers for – for Mason the last two weeks, and now you throw in the fact that Debo Samuels is going to miss the rest of the year, and, and he's not going to be part of that rushing attack anymore, and they're going against the Seahawks. I mean, you just talked about the week that Chuba Hubbard had, and mm-hmm. the Panthers did it with three running backs. Everybody's been running on the Seahawks all year, so I think, I think Jordan Mason could be a real sneaky value this week. On the flip side, though, I, I agree with Zonovan Knight. He's the one I'd want to invest in most from this list but the lions are not an easy matchup anymore. I, I don't know where it came from, but Dalvin cook just got like 26 yards on 16 carries against the lions. They've, they've like got this stout run defense all of a sudden that's been, uh, pushing their, their, their playoff push. So I, I, I almost might go with Mason over overnight this week, even though Knight is probably the one I'd want o- over the next three game haul. Uh, I just like the matchup so much better for Mason. Um, with hubbard with gus edwards they both have that sort of their role becomes much bigger if there's an injury but you know now that we're down to your final 3 weeks your final 2 weeks that investing for the future becomes Less and less. Um, and I don't, I don't know what you do with the Texans. I mean, I guess this this kind of remind me, I think last week I said in Seattle, I mean, if, if there's one person that, you know, they're going to have some sort of role, it's probably Travis Homer. He ended up having the only role
0: yeah. uh,
2: because of the injuries there. And and so you could look at him again, uh, but maybe um, Darian Gubawale is that guy for the Texans because you know at least he's probably going to get the third down back role, mm-hmm. if, if not bigger. But uh, it's if you are if you're in the playoffs and you're starting a Texans running back this week, other than Damian Pierce if he comes back healthy. Uh, good luck to you.
1: <laughs> yes, yeah, so good luck to you. I mean, it is tough to get uh, excited about a guy who had negative three rushing yards last week. That is Darian Gondwale, but he did outsnap snap Rex Burkhead by a count of 18-5. to So I guess I would be slightly more enthused about him, especially mentioning your the third down roll. They, they face the Chiefs. So I, I feel like there would be more passing than rushing in that game. Now on to Sleeper. Sleeper is the fastest growing fantasy platform today with millions of players. You probably already have a fantasy league on there. I use it for mine. It is a game-changing product unlike anything else in the industry. And now you could win on Sleeper by playing their new over-under game. It's super simple. First, in any sport, choose two or more players that you like and pick the over-under. For example, rushing yards in football or number of points in basketball. Then choose the amount of money you want to enter into the contest. If you pick correctly, you can win anywhere from two times to over 20 times the money you put in. The main reason I'm excited about Over Under on Sleeper is that it's the only app where I can join my friends' contests and play together. It's got a built-in group chat where I can see and copy my group's picks with the tap of a button, along with Over Under integrated into the fantasy experience itself. It's insanely fun to ride it out together. Stop what you're doing and download Sleeper right now to play their new over-under game. Have fun with your friends and make some money. On your mobile phone, join our listener group on Sleeper at sleeper.com slash action and Sleeper will automatically match your first deposit up to $100. Again, go to sleeper.com slash action and you will get a $100 match on your first deposit. Terms and conditions apply. See Sleeper's terms of use for details. Onto the wide receivers, there are actually more options here for sure. That is definitely the the most flush position, I would say, for the waiver wire this week. Zay Jones continues to taunt you, Mike. Uh, Caught 8 of 12 for 77 yards and a touchdown. uh, Second top 10 finish since the Jags by. Uh, He does get the Cowboys and Jets next, so it's it's not the best matchups or anything like that. But, uh, I mean, the Jags just continue to just chuck the ball trevor lawrence had an absolute career game last week so that is something to keep an eye on for sure if not for this year but maybe for for the future um some two guys that are coming off by we've got alec pearson jahan Dotson. we talked about them last week both uh could definitely be worth adding uh the colts have a pretty nice stretch uh they've got the vikings chargers giants and texans to finish out the year so that's a pretty a good uh scheduled to finish out the season. Uh the Lions, I just want to keep saying that they, they first of all, last week it was a good call about uh Jared Goff in terms of a streaming type quarterback. This team is just looking so much healthier now. I mean DJ Chark is back. DeAndre Swift looks healthier. jameson Williams now on the field and he did only catch one pass, but he made it count with a 41 yard touchdown. So I I mean maybe it's not going to happen this year, but it's 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 something to to work to keep monitoring especially if you're in a keeper league like you should definitely be having that guy on your roster DJ Tark though had the best game six of seven targets for 94 yards and a touchdown outperformed Amon Ross St. Brown who caught six of nine for 68 yards we did mention Elijah Moore he saw a season high 10 targets this week so I mean that's that's definitely a situation to monitor with Corey Davis uh, getting banged up in that last game. Uh, we talked, we've just been talking about this. The schedule is, it's really attractive. So um, definitely another person that I would like to keep an eye on. And then the Rams guys, I mean, it's like, I don't, I don't know. It's the <laughs> things get thinner there. So uh, yeah, I mean, there were, there was like a trio of guys that are trying to basically fill the giant void left by Cooper cup. Um, I mean, They all sort of got points, but it was against the Raiders. So I don't know how much to make of that. Who are your favorite pickups on the wide receivers this week?
2: Yeah, uh, I'm a big fan of Jahan Dotson. We talked about it last week. And I mean, I I put him in that Jameson Williams category. The the difference is whatever Jameson Williams coming off, uh, um, you know, the injury list did for DJ Chark. It's like, all of a sudden, uh, DJ Chark has has just come to life there. Uh, So I worry about opportunities for, you know, all three of those receivers in Detroit. But I'm a big fan of uh Jahan Dotson um you had a stat about how uh, how many points he had in four of the eight healthy games that he played he's he's been you know a, a startable uh wide receiver in fantasy but he's a rookie first round pick who was dealing with some you know minor nagging injuries earlier this year and is coming on strong at the end of the season and playing his best football I mean I think kind of out of sight, out of mind, but he's a real talent and, he, and he's starting to show it on the field. And I think the opportunities are just going to keep coming down the stretch. So I'm, I'm excited. I would trust putting him in my, my starting lineup and even, you know, a regular standard 12 team league right now. Uh, if I needed to Zay Jones, obviously you have to trust the, uh, uh, just like the consistent productions there. I I'm a little leery of, we're going to talk about Evan Ingram in a minute, who was just a monster yesterday. Um, I don't think this is an offense. You know, Trevor Lawrence is not going to throw for almost 400 yards every week. So I don't know if it's an offense that can sustain Evan Ingram and Zay Jones and Christian Kirk. Uh, So you play a little bit of roulette there if you start one of those guys. But he's clearly part of that big three for them. Uh, And, you know, they they kind of consolidate their targets to those three guys. And the same thing is true for someone who's not on this list. But I think he counts. Donovan Peoples-Jones, correct me if I'm wrong, I think he's still at 58%. And he played 100% of Cleveland's snaps while having a big game yesterday, 95, 96, 99% of their snaps over the last three or four weeks. So the opportunity is definitely going to be there. I mean, we're talking about people you can't necessarily count on consistency, but that kind of snap count uh, uh, at least gives you a fighting chance.
1: You were totally right about Donovan Bill Jones. Uh, I just forgot when I expanded the list to add him, but he would definitely be one of my top ads this week at the wide receiver position. And in terms of Dotson, the stat that I had last week, uh, in the eight games he's played, he's uh, scored double-digit fantasy points and finished as a top 24 receiver four times. So nice. he's definitely, when he's healthy, he's got a good chance to be fantasy relevant and yes, playing his best football of the season so far. So um, definitely, Guy that I am excited to watch moving forward. Uh, in terms of the tight end position, uh it's Evan. I'm Ingram. excited
2: about it this week, Samantha. Are you the first is it just it's an a long time. I'm excited a, a about the whole it.
1: rest of guys? Uh, like Evan Ingram had a career game, currently the tight end one caught 11 of 15 for 162 yards two touchdowns a second top five finish in two weeks third and six weeks and he's finished as a top nine tight end or better in five of the last nine so that is a pretty good stretch for a position that is not known for its consistency um after that I would say there's a pretty significant drop off we like Tyler Conklin he's a guy that is at least um uh, popped up on here a number of times and I like what the Jets team looks like with with Mike White under center um Chig Okonkwo and Austin Hooper, those two Titans tight ends, uh, they they had decent games. Hooper caught five of five for sixty-eight yards, and Okonkwo caught six of six for. 45 yards and a touchdown snaps were pretty even between them. So I think if you're in a deeper league, they're definitely worth looking at. I know they, uh, Okonkwo was a big uh, DFS winner this week. Uh, yeah. So let, talk to us about Ambon and Grimm and your love for him.
2: Well, here's why I'm excited. I've got, I've got a recommendation for three different levels of leagues. I'm not really excited. I'm never really excited about the tight end position, but first of all, if you were in like the shallow league or the one where people aren't paying attention, just Check to see if Dallas Goddard is available because he's only eighty four percent rostered, and and he's been talking very promisingly about uh, feeling like he's going to come back as soon as he's eligible for this week. So maybe you could sneak him in ahead of other people in your league. And then on the flip side, I'll 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 go to Shallow. Uh, I think Chigaconko. I mean, he is a rookie fourth round draft pick. Who the reason he wasn't doing much early in the year? I mean, he wasn't he wasn't playing a big role. But once they have introduced himself or once they have introduced him into this offense, his role has just grown and grown and grown. And, and from following uh, the Titans reporters, he feels like kind of the big talking point there uh, every time they get Todd Downing in front of the microphone. And, and he's promising, yeah, we've seen it from him now. I, I saw a stat, and I meant to look this up right before we came on, but before last week anyway, he was, he was leading... All tight ends in the NFL with with forty yard catches, and while only playing basically, you know, one fourth of the season's worth of snaps, so he's a big play waiting to happen. My friend uh, Teron Davenport, who covers the Titans, he had him in his uh, whiteboard session that he does every week, showing how they can draw up Travis Kelsey type plays for him. So he's an exciting kind of big play guy. And then he got in the end zone. He made a really fantastic catch on the two point conversion. So. I, I like what we're seeing from him. Maybe that'll pay off more next year, but if you're in like a real deep league and you've been cycling through like a different Saints tight end every single week or something like that to, to fill that position, I think there's some some real potential there and they're they're talking excitedly about getting him more involved. But Evan Ingram, I, I think, obviously is the one who's available in the most leagues that could do the most help. I kind of hate Evan Ingram because he had this wave in the middle of the season where he had three or four weeks that he put together right in time for us to start recommending him. And then he goes quiet for two or three weeks after that. And that's, well, sort that's just of, how
1: it works on this show. Yeah, the moment we recommend works. him or the moment we write someone off, they have a career game. So,
2: but here I've got interesting numbers. So if you're willing to like, be like, I I'm tired of doing this every week. I'm going to pick him and, and, and just ride him through the playoffs. The end results. He moved from tight end 16 on the season to tight end four on the season with this one game. So he is fourth. In the league in fantasy points for tight ends uh, on the season, third in the NFL in routes run, uh, fourth in receptions, fifth in receiving yards. He's like, if you're willing to realize there's going to be highs and lows, he, he's been at basically a top five end, top five tight end for the season so may you know after a big game like this it, it might not just be a fluke but yeah one of the next three weeks he's going to have one catch for 11 yards and it's going to come at the wrong time and forget I ever said this if, <laughs> if that happens to you
1: definitely well I mean that's high praise that uh your colleague or friend was comparing Okonkwo to Travis Kelsey type plays uh it you know it's not the most exciting passing offense but certainly a gut he's getting it done and he, he's he's a talent talented young guy. So uh, should definitely be on people's radars, especially if you're on in Dynasty or or Keeper type situations. But I think that will do it for today's episode of the Fantasy Flex. Make sure to check out Mike and mine and Sean and Chris's uh, weekly sort of waiver wire roundtable on actionnetwork.com. And please remind everyone where they can find your work.
2: Yep. Um, I work for New orleans.football, a subscription site, for everything Saints, uh, if, if you want to pour into the nitty-gritty and uh, figure out how they're going to turn things around this year, whether that includes cleaning house or uh, subtle changes, we will find out soon.
1: <laughs> Sweet. Well, thank you, everyone, for joining. Don't forget to email those mailbag questions to mailbag at actionnetwork.com, and we will see you all next week. Good luck with week one of the playoffs.